0: That's chumbacasino.com.
1: No purchase necessary. group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18+. This episode features first-hand accounts from real people detailing their disturbing experiences. Listener discretion is advised.
0: My name's Dustin. I'm from Chicago, and I'm going to tell you the story of how me and my three friends came across the UFO. So this happened about, I would say, seven years ago. Right now I'm 25. This happened when I was around 17. I believe it happened right after my birthday, so it was early September. I got some BB guns for my birthday, so we decided to go into my friend's backyard. Um, he had a big backyard, and, you know, so we invited his girlfriend and, a, like, my other friend over, and we were just in his backyard just shooting the BB gun. I went over there around like four o'clock in the afternoon. You know, we all hung out, we ate pizza. And then once it got dark is when her parents went inside and then we kind of just pulled out the BB guns and we were shooting around, just messing around. He lived in a four flat. So how it worked was there's a huge shared backyard that also leads into the garage. And then there was also, like, in the backyard, there, were, there was a patio for each floor where you could walk up the first floor, and it led all the way up to the fourth floor. We're shooting the BB gun, you know, just hanging out. My friend and his girlfriend sit on the bottom steps, and I walk past them. And I'm like, I'm going to go get something to drink. Would you guys like something? And I turn around. And when I turn around, I'm facing the garage now. And above the garage, I see something that looks like a UFO. I I can't really explain how it looks. It just literally looks like what you see in the pictures on Google. It was like three lights, and it just looked like it was in a circular pattern. I don't know how to explain it. It was just like, and like the lights, it didn't look like airplane lights. They were way too big to be airplane lights. Like It was just three big lights that were positioned where it literally looked like it was oval. I'm looking and my friend is, my friend's in the backyard. My two other friends are sitting on the porch and I'm walking up the stairs. So I smack my friend upside the head and he's like, what the hell? Why'd you smack me for? And I literally grab him up by his shoulders and I turn him around because he was facing me like, you know, like he's mad because I hit him obviously. So I turn him around and I face him towards the garage and he's like, what is that? And I'm like, I don't know. And my, f- his girlfriend stands up and she goes, w- what do you mean, what is what? And she turns around and she looks. And you know, her, she doesn't really say anything. And then my last friend, he comes up and he's like, what are you guys looking at? And I kid you not, we all kind of just sat there for a few seconds just looking at this. And it slowly got further and further away. And while it got further and further away, we had to walk up a few steps just to keep it in, you know, point, our point of view because once it got so high, it went past the garage and there were trees behind it as well. So every few, maybe like 30 seconds, we would walk up like five, six stairs just to keep it to where it was eye level with us. So, you know, we're all freaking out and we're like, what the hell is that thing? And you know, we're slowly creeping up from the first floor where he lived to the second floor, to the third floor, to the fourth floor. And finally we got to the fourth floor and you know, we couldn't go any further. And so we're watching it for about 10-15 seconds. Just literally just standing there. It just disappears behind the trees. This was when no one really had an iPhone or uh, you know, a phone at that point. I mean, I think the we had like sidekicks or something, so we you know we didn't really think to record it. We were just like in amaze, like what is this thing? Did we just see a UFO? We got back downstairs. You know, we head downstairs. We're all kind of talking. We're walking down the stairs slowly. And we go into the back backyard where the garage is. And, you know, we're all kind of standing in a circle now. We're all talking like, what the hell did we just see? Was that a UFO? You know, we're like 17-year-old kids, like, freaking out. Like, what? We just seen the new, a UFO? Like, that's crazy. And, you know, like, we were all kind of just, like, not skeptical, but we were all just like, no one's going to believe us. And I kid you not... We're sitting there for about a minute or two down in the backyard just discussing what we've seen. And a helicopter flies over us. And it's going in the exact same direction as the UFO. And we're like, okay, that's a little odd. Not even a minute later, another helicopter goes by. And we're like, okay, that's that's very odd. We live in Chicago. The only helicopters we ever see are news helicopters or, you know, like... Uh, chicago police department helicopters this didn't have any kind of it didn't have lights it was literally just you could see the helicopter but you didn't know like it wasn't licensed to like the news or you know the chicago police department it was literally just a helicopter 10 seconds later another helicopter over. and at this point we're you know we're freaking out my friend his girlfriend starts crying And she's like i told you they were real i knew it i knew it i knew they were real and at this point you know we're all like a bit freaked out but she's just making it super super worse she's scaring everybody you know we're you know we're we're trying to keep calm and she's over here crying now she's basically bawling her eyes out and she's like i knew they were real i knew it her mom comes outside and she's like what are you guys talking about and you know we're like oh nothing nothing she's like why is she crying and you know, I, I'm not exactly for sure what they told her mom, but eventually her mom went back inside. And you know, we calmed her down a little bit and we're sitting out there for about another minute. Her mom was only outside for I would say like a minute or two. It wasn't very long before her mom went back inside. We're sitting there and I kid you not, about a minute after we finally calmed her down, a plane flew over. And it wasn't just a normal plane. Like this plane was lower to the ground where you can literally see it. And it was also not just a normal plane that would carry passengers. It was something from like, that would carry like military men. And the only reason I know this is because my two friends, the two guys that I was with that night, said exactly what kind of plane it was, which unfortunately I don't remember. But they said it was a plane from Call of Duty that would literally carry like army men. They said that it was like a plane from Call of Duty. I didn't play Call of Duty back then, so I'm not exactly for sure what kind of plane it was. But they said it was one from Call of Duty. So that really freaked us out even more. And after that, we we went inside. We were like, okay, this is getting too real. So we went inside and, you know, my friend, she got on the computer and she looks up UFO in Chicago. And, you know, we're sitting in her room for like an hour just trying to see if any news posted about it or if anybody posted about it on Facebook or anything. You know, we're scrolling through everybody's news feed just seeing if someone posted about it but no one posted about it. So we're sitting there for an hour and then her mom comes in the room and she goes, okay, you know, it's getting late. It's about 10 o'clock. You guys need to go home. So me and my three friends, we were already discussing it, but you know, we didn't want to go home like alone because we all live separate ways. So eventually, you know, I called my mom. I asked if my two friends could sleep over and we all rode our bikes to my house. I know on our way to my house, I, like, the whole time, we were just looking over our shoulders just to make sure that none of us got abducted, basically. Like, I know it sounds really silly, but at that time, we were so scared of, like, going home alone or just anything. It was it was a very scary experience. And I know, again, it sounds funny, but when you see a UFO, and then you see, like, five helicopters, and then you see something, like, out of Call of Duty following it, like, you know that you must have seen something big. And so now you're just, you know, you're freaked out. You're looking over your shoulders. And for, like, the next two days, it was summer. So we I think we just, like, we... I don't think we went to school yet. We started school, like, maybe a few weeks later. So, honestly, for the next two or three days, my friends just stayed over my house. And basically, that's all we could talk about. We were watching YouTube videos every night on UFOs. And, like, we... i I think for that like next three days we literally were just in my house after like five o'clock because we didn't want to be out after dark because we were so scared and we were watching every youtube video we were just watching you know looking up everything on google about ufos and to this day like what's crazy is i'm not the only one that remembers this like i can literally text my friends right now and say hey do you remember when we seen that ufo and every one of them is spot on to exactly what we've seen like they all have the exact same story so that's how i know that like this isn't something i imagined or this isn't something that like you know wasn't that big of a deal because we're all still you know whenever we talk we talk about this and we still get scared yeah that's the story of how when i was around 17 i ended up seeing a ufo with my three friends and how to this day, you know, seven, eight years later, we still talk about it and we're still freaked out.
2: So I was probably 17, 18 years old at the time. I grew up in a small town. There's not really a lot to do besides, you know, kind of drive down main street or just drive around in the middle of the night. Well, a friend of mine, her work her uh her mom worked at a local attraction um called turner falls and so we went out there one night it was kind of late and uh, her mom let us in the gate so we could just drive around and check out the campsites and you know just hang out just normal stupid teenager stuff so we're driving around and it's i mean it's a good size park it's mostly for camping so you have on the lower levels like there's like swimming pools and waterfalls and stuff and then the higher up you go the more like rustic it gets so we had driven all the way almost all the way up to the top of the mountain when we came on this campsite and every campsite we had passed on the way to up there had lights on like lanterns going a fire going people talking like you could tell that people were there because it was only maybe like you know, 30, 10 o'clock. So it's not super late. People are still mostly awake. We get up to the very top campsite and there's just one tent set up there. There is no fire going. There's no lights lit. Like, we honestly thought it was abandoned because we didn't see anybody. We didn't hear anything. So we decided, well, you know, this is kind of weird. Maybe they've left. Let's go ahead and turn around and come back. I pulled the car forward just a little bit so that I'd be able to back into the campsite and then go back down the mountain. And when I turned around to look behind me, there's a man standing there. And, you know, when we had pulled up, we didn't see anybody at all. And now there's this man and he's just got his head cocked to the side. And all we can see about it is that, you know, it's a man head to the side. We can't make any facial features out, like just completely black and so we're like okay so he's not moving so i turn the car to go forward again and drive up kind of onto a wooded area and manage to get the car turned around well as i'm doing this he's following the car he's walking right behind us still in the same posture his head never moves he never says anything just in pitch blackness this guy is following our car as we turn around we get turned around and to a point that I could kind of speed the car up. And I just took off. I mean, I, you know, pedaled to the middle, got out of there. When we looked back, he was standing at the top of the road that led to the campground. So he had followed us a good, you know, quarter mile from his campground to the top main road to watch us drive back down the mountain. It, It is very creepy. I mean, you know i if he would have said something or maybe not just stood there it might not have been so creepy but just standing there looking at us and then following our car when it's just two girls kind of alone up there that late it just it was a lot of red flags going off all the windows were down because it was a really nice night kind of warm out and my car didn't have air conditioning so we had all the windows down and i mean it was dead silent when we got to that campground. There were no insects chirping, nothing, just complete silence up there. And so, when we saw him, you know, I said, hey, you know, is everything okay? And he didn't say anything. He just continued to stand there. And when we went to turn around, I was like, man, what are you doing? Why are you following us? And he still didn't say anything. It's like, we're talking to him, and he can clearly hear us, but he just remained quiet and just followed us until we were able to leave. But the craziest thing was we get down to the front gate, which is where they let everybody in and give the uh, permits so you can camp up there. And we tell my friend's mom, Hey, there was this really weird situation up at this campsite. And she asked for the campsite numbers. We tell her, And she looks it up and there's nobody listed as staying there. So the cops go up there to check it out. And by the time they got up there, everything was gone. Tent torn down, car gone, nothing up there. To even get in the park, it's got this long winding kind of driveway. And there's only one real entrance. So to get in there, you have to pass by a check-in gate for people to check you in. Um, so somebody walking up there probably wouldn't have been checked in um, but even if they were once the park starts shutting down for the night the cops usually go around and make sure everybody has a camping permit so the cops had already been up there earlier in the night and no one was set up so sometime between you know quiet hours hitting which was 8 30 9 o'clock to when we went up there someone had set up a whole campsite And then from the time we left up there and drove back down to the bottom and talked to the front gate they had packed everything up and left the craziest thing is and i can't you know directly tie it to this guy but it's a weird coincidence that shortly after that there was a cave like up near where that campsite was and it was just kind of one of the attractions um you know you can go and hike into these caves and they've got small pools and stuff in there and shortly after that, they found like a bag of like dead animals that had been murdered and like tortured, kind of stuff. It was pretty gruesome, so we had the cops out for that, not even two days after we had gone out there and see- saw that guy at that campsite. Since the cops didn't know who he was, we never were able to find to find him again. Both my friend and I ended up working at this park right out of high school so we were she would work maintenance and so she would go all through all the campsites and stuff and i worked down like in the um souvenir shop so we would go all through and we've never had anything else like that happen again but that one time was enough
1: killer podcasts and slow burn media production subscribe today wherever you get your favorite shows
3: Come play with us. A couple years ago, we were doing an overlanding camping trip in um, our older SUV with our rooftop tent on top of it. And we were going from ghost town to ghost town in Montana and camping in between. So we... We're going up to Garnet, which is a little ghost town outside of Missoula. And we decided to come up the back road in the dark, not a big deal, and come up, go above the the town, and then camp and get up in the morning and go in. Um, So as we come in, there's a weird abandoned car parked in the park's parking lot, the state park's parking lot. And I feel weird about it, but I kinda just shake it off as, you know, what's, that's weird, why is there a car here? Like, who's parked at, you know, 10 o'clock at night, hiking through State Park, you know, whatever. But I try not to let myself get too worked up. So, as we drive up, um, we start to feel very uncomfortable. The the energy in the, the truck gets pretty uncomfortable, gets really tense. Uh, my husband and I start bickering, just kind of nitpicking at each other. Our dogs start pacing in the back and panting and whining and, and, and being real edgy. We keep going, keep going up the back and there's things like there's abandoned houses that clearly are from the mining era, um, abandoned trailers, trailers that people were living in, some, some like small sort of uh, temporary houses that are clearly from the mining era. And I, I sort of got this creepy feeling that we were being watched. So I maybe just thought, maybe it's just locals, you know, who's driving up past our house this late at night. So I glance out the window and I see two red lights right next to each other. And I don't want to say that they are eyes because I don't know. I, d- I didn't see what it was attached to because I looked away very quickly. So it could have been reflectors. It could have been, I don't know. I don't know what it could have been, but they were glowing. Not necessarily reflecting. So I looked away and I thought, I don't i don't know what, I won't want to see what that is. Um, so as we get further up the mountain, we find a flat spot. And the dogs at this point are going nuts. I mean, panting, yipping, drooling, pacing. Um, I can barely catch my breath. And I thought maybe the dogs were just ready to get out, but they just have never behaved that way. And you know, I've had these animals for a long time and I know their, I know their moods. And so I started to get this feeling that, this weird feeling that we were being stalked. So it went from being watched to being stalked. And I've caught some flack for saying I had the feeling that, but I'm a woman and a lot of the ways that I have stayed safe is when I feel like someone is following me, I, I deal with it. I acknowledge that feeling and I've, I've stayed safe. And so I know that it may sound silly, but I felt like we were being stalked and hunted. And the best way I can describe it was I felt like there was a werewolf. And I don't necessarily know if that's a thing. I don't really believe in werewolves. But it was just the best way I can describe it, like a predator and prey situation. So my husband goes to get out of the car and I grab his arm and my knuckles are white and my face is white. I just, you know, he looks at me like like I'm a crazy person. And I said, please just don't turn the lights off. And he said, well, I have to turn the headlights off. I have to see if the tent's level. And I went, I, please, just please don't turn the lights off. And I just had the feeling that once the lights came back on, once the headlights came back on, either he wouldn't be there and I'd have to figure it out on my own or that something would be there with him. Whatever I had seen or whatever I had felt. And eventually we agreed to leave the dome lights on. And so I asked him, too. I said, okay, well, can we not let the dogs out? Just Can we just give it a second before we let the dogs out? He said, sure. So he gets out of the car, checks it all out, gets back in. And everyone is still kind of losing it. And he just looks at me and he goes, we're not staying. And I, and I said, no, no, I'll be fine, I'll be fine. He went, no, we're leaving now. I didn't argue that, because I was pretty terrified and it really inexplicably terrified and we go to make our way down the, the mountain and we decide to go on the main road because it's faster and it goes straight to the highway as we're going down it starts to snow uh hadn't snowed at all leading up to it it's snowing pretty pretty white we can we can still see but it slowed us down quite a bit and as we're going down, you know, we're not speaking. We're not talking or fighting. It, it, it was like there was no air left in the vehicle. I had that kind of lump in your throat when you have a panic attack. I, My face was hot. Uh, he wasn't talking. The dogs were still losing it. As we're going down out of the front passenger side of the road, a hair streaks across the road and we hit it I you know cringed and it broke my heart and my husband was like I couldn't stop I can't you know he actually said the words I can't stop Um, so we go down we go into Missoula go to the other side uh, camp on another mountain and everything's fine Um, and in pretty much immediately after we hit the rabbit the mood completely shifted Uh, we were nervous but we weren't scared So we come back the next day. We're in the parking lot up by the ghost town itself. And a a ranger pulls up, and we're sort of rehashing everything. And a ranger pulls up. And I am talking to the guy, kind of sharing what's happened and how I felt. And the guy kind of laughed and he went, Oh, I wouldn't stay up here by myself at night. This is like a young 20-something guy, you know, probably pretty tough. But he said that, it kind of made my stomach drop. And he said, I want you to tell Ranger such and such down in the town what you experienced. Cause I told him, I felt like we were being stalked. I felt like it wanted to eat us. It was weird. So we go into Garnet and um, we're talking to the other Ranger. And I tell him specifically what I say to him. Cause he says, how did you feel? Which I thought was really peculiar because it wasn't, what did you see? What did you hear? He said, how did you feel? And I said, well, it felt, it felt old. Um, it felt like it had either never been human or if it, ha- if it had been human, it was a long, long time ago like its humanity was gone. Because I just thought, like a werewolf, that's what I would say about a werewolf. And I told him I felt like it wanted to eat us. And I said, I know that sounds ridiculous because I thought a serial killer or, you know, a, a crazy person... And I said, I thought it wanted to eat us. And he just said, have you ever heard of a wendigo? I said, no, I, you know, I never, I don't know what that is. And...
1: The wendigo is a mythological creature from the folklore of the First Nations Algonquin tribes. It's described as a monster with some characteristics of a human or as a spirit who has possessed a human being. Although descriptions can vary somewhat, it's commonly viewed that the Wendigo is a malevolent, cannibalistic, supernatural being.
3: So he kind of goes into it and he tells me what they are and, 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 and the lore and, and so I was like that's it, that's the best way I can describe it. That, the, the, the myth and the legend, the lore, the sort of traits of it describe exactly the way it felt to be up there. And so, subsequent to this experience, I've done my own research on it. And I found that they are not in Montana, but apparently there are creatures like that throughout all American Indian legend and lore. Um, Doesn't matter if it's the Pacific Northwest or the Southwest or Canada. Um, There are beings that fit that description. Uh, So, so, you know, that was really eerie. And then I get on Reddit and I'm looking stuff up and I'm talking to people and I share my story with someone on there and they message me and say, I did some research too. And it turns out that windigos can control the weather in order to stalk their prey. It's just very coincidental that it would snow as you're trying to get away. And so I thought, well, that's, that's real spooky. That's creepy. And then I'm talking to a family member of mine who's done some research in uh, spirit animals and animal guides and things like that in, in congruence with American Indian legend and lore. And she informed me that rabbits in a lot of lore are either the spirits of... Indian Indian soldiers, warriors, protectors, or harbingers of safety. I just thought that was so strange, and then I remembered because I, you know, I thought, oh, it's that's, what a strange coincidence. Then I remembered that as we were driving back up, we came back up the road that we had left on, and it was freshly powdered snow, no tracks. Uh, Not even ours. It had snowed over ours. White. The road was white. There was no rabbit. There was no blood. There was no entrails. There was no carcass. There were no drag marks. There were no other car tracks. There was nothing there. We stopped and got out. We looked around. And there was nothing there. I got really freaked out by that and I just thought that, I don't know if, if it sacrificed itself uh, to the to the creature. I don't know if it was uh, an American Indian warrior protecting us, I don't know but it was incredibly uncanny. I then was looking back through our photos of when we stopped in Bannock, Montana and it was a few days before we had gone to Garnet And I had several photos where there was a hare next to the buildings that we were in or outside or walking around. And so I don't know what to think about it. Um, I don't know what was there that night. I don't know what was there protecting us or keeping us safe. But I know that when I spoke to that the second ranger, and he described what a windigo was after he told me that he was an archaeologist, gave me all his credentials, because I was like, yeah, right, whatever. I have never felt more sure about a paranormal experience in my entire life. And so I just, it's one of my favorite stories because it's very specific. And the more I dig through stories about that area and people there um, and, and, and people in modern day there there are a lot of stories that are similar to mine even a few where people have seen humanoid creatures take with that what you will um, but it was really very intense and very nerve wracking and I hope to never have to experience it again
1: you've been listening to Disturbed. Special thanks to Dustin, Brittany, and Mary for sharing their stories. You can see more information, photos, and sources on our website, disturbedpodcast.com. If you enjoyed this episode, help us grow by sharing the show with a friend or on social media. And make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening so you always get the newest episodes automatically. If you have a few extra seconds, drop us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to support us and get some awesome perks, check out disturbedpodcast.com slash fan club. Find us on Instagram and Facebook at disturbedpodcast. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode.